Psalm 89, Part 1 of Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 4, Psalms 76 to 101, by St. Augustine of Hippo. Psalm 89, Sermon 1 on the First Part of the Psalm, Delivered in the Morning on the Festival of Some Martyrs. 1. Understand, beloved, this psalm, which I am about to explain by the grace of God, of our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, and be of good cheer, because he who promised will fulfill all, as he has fulfilled much. For it is not our own merit, but his mercy that gives us confidence in him. He himself is meant, in my belief, by the understanding of Ethan the Israelite, which has given this psalm its title. You see then who is meant by Ethan, but the meaning of the word is strong. No man in this world is strong except in the hope of God's promises, for as to our own deservings we are weak, in his mercy we are strong. Weak then in himself, strong in God's mercy, the psalmist thus begins. 2. I will sing of thy mercies, O Lord, forever. With my mouth will I make known thy truth unto all generations. Let my limbs, he saith, serve the Lord. I speak, but it is of thine I speak. With my mouth will I make known thy truth. If I obey not thee, I am not thy servant. If I speak on my own part, I am a liar. To speak then from thee and in my own person are two things, one mine, one thine, truth thine, language mine. Let us hear then what faithfulness he maketh known, what mercies he singeth. 3. 2. For thou hast said, Mercy shall be built up for ever. It is this that I sing, this is thy truth, for the making known of which my mouth serveth. In such wise thou sayest, I build as not to destroy, for some thou destroyest and buildest not, and some whom thou destroyest thou dost rebuild. For unless there were some who were destroyed to be rebuilt, Jeremiah would not have written, See, I have this day set thee to throw down and to build. And indeed all who formerly worshipped images and stones could not be built up in Christ without being destroyed as to their old error. Well, unless some were destroyed not to be built up, it would not be written, He shall destroy them and not build them up. On their account, therefore, who are destroyed and built up, that they might not conceive their being built up merely temporary, as the previous ruin was in which they were destroyed, the psalmist, through whose mouth is made known the truth of God, held to the truth. Therefore will I make it known, therefore do I declare it, because thou hast said, I am that man, declare it in full confidence, for thou, God, hast said, For even if I wavered in my own words, in thine should I be confirmed. What saidst thou? Mercy shall be built up for ever. Thy truth shall thou establish in the very heavens. 
As he had said in the former place, I will sing of thy mercies, O Lord, forever. With my mouth will I make known thy truth to all generations. In what follows, he joins these two words, mercy and faithfulness. For thou hast said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Thy truth shall be established in the heavens, in which mercy and truth are repeated. For all the ways of the Lord are mercy and truth. For truth and the fulfillment of promises could not be shown, unless mercy and the remission of sins preceded. Next, as many things were promised in prophecy, even to the people of Israel that came according to the flesh from the seed of Abraham, and that people was increased that the promises of God might be fulfilled in it. While yet God did not close the fountain of his goodness even to the Gentiles, whom he had placed under the rule of the angels, while he reserved the people of Israel as his own portion, the apostle expressly mentions the Lord's mercy and truth as referring to these two parties. For he calls Christ a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. See how God deceived not. See how he cast not off his people, whom he foreknew. For while the apostle is treating of the fall of the Jews, to prevent any from believing them so far disowned of God, that no wheat from that floor's fanning could reach the granary, he saith, God hath not cast away his people, whom he foreknew. For I also am an Israelite. If all that nation are thorns, how am I who speak unto you wheat? So that the truth of God was fulfilled in those Israelites who believed, and one wall from the circumcision is thus brought to meet the cornerstone. But this stone would not form a corner unless it received another wall from the Gentiles, so that the former wall relates in a special manner to the truth, the latter to the mercy of God. Now I say, says the apostle, that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promise made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Justly then it is added, Thy truth shalt thou establish in the heavens. For all those Israelites who were called to be apostles became as heavens which declare the glory of God. As it is written by them, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. To assure you that this is the meaning of the heavens, it is more expressly added, There is neither speech nor language whereof their voices are not heard. If you ask whose voices, there is nothing to refer it to but the heavens. If therefore those whose voices heard in all languages are the apostles, it is also of them that is said, their sound is gone out into all the lands, and their words into the ends of the world. Since although they were taken up from hence before the church filled the whole world, yet as their words reached to the ends of the world, we are right in supposing this which we have just said. Thy truth shalt thou establish in the heavens, fulfilled in them. 4. Verse 3. I have made a covenant with my chosen. Thou hast said, You understand, is to be carried on. 
Thou hast said, I have made a covenant with my chosen. What covenant but the new, by which we are renewed to a fresh inheritance, in our longing, desire, and love of which we sing a new song? I have made a covenant with my chosen, saith the psalmist. I have sworn unto David my servant. How confidently does he speak, who understands, whose mouth serves truth? I speak without fear, since thou hast said, If thou makest me fearless, because thou hast said, How much more so dost thou make me, when thou hast sworn? For the oath of God is the assurance of a promise. Man is justly forbidden to swear, lest by the habit of swearing, since a man may be deceived, he fall into perjury. God alone swears securely, because he alone is infallible. 5. Let us see, then, what God hath sworn. Verse 4. I have sworn, he saith to David my servant, thy seed will I establish for ever. But what is the seed of David but that of Abraham? And what is the seed of Abraham? And to thy seed, he saith, which is Christ. But perhaps that Christ, the head of the church, the Savior of the body, is the seed of Abraham, and therefore of David. But we are not Abraham's seed? We are assuredly, as the Apostle saith, And if ye be Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. In this sense, then, let us take the words, brethren, Thy seed will I establish for ever, not only of that flesh of Christ born of the Virgin Mary, but also of all of us who believe in Christ, for we are limbs of that head. This body cannot be deprived of its head. If the head is in glory for ever, so are the limbs, so that Christ remains entire for ever. Thy seed will I establish for ever, and set up thy throne to generation and generation. We suppose he saith for ever, because it is to generation and generation. Since he has said above, With my mouth will I ever be showing thy truth to generation and generation. What is to generation and generation? To every generation. For the word needed not as many repetitions, as the coming and passing away of the several generations. The multiplication of generations is signified and set forth to notice by the repetition are possibly two generations to be understood, as ye are aware, my beloved brethren, and as I have before explained. For there is now a generation of flesh and blood. There will be a future generation in the resurrection of the dead. Christ is proclaimed here. He will be proclaimed there. Here he is proclaimed, that he may be believed in. There he will be welcomed, that he may be seen. I will set up thy throne from one generation to another. Christ hath now a throne in us. His throne is set up in us, for unless he sate enthroned within us, he would not rule us. But if we were not ruled by him, we should be thrown down by ourselves. He therefore sits within us, reigning over us. He sits also in another generation, which will come from the resurrection of the dead. Christ will reign forever over his saints. God has promised this. He hath said it. 
If this is not enough, God hath sworn it. As then the promise is certain, not on account of our deservings, but of his pity, no one ought to be afraid in proclaiming that which he cannot doubt of. Let that strength then inspire our hearts. Whence Ethan received his name, strong in heart, let us preach the truth of God, the utterance of God, his promises, his oath, and let us, strengthened on every side by these means, glorify God, and by bearing him along with us, become heavens. 6. Verse 5. O Lord, the very heavens shall praise thy wondrous works. The heavens will not praise their own merits, but thy wondrous works, O Lord. For in every act of mercy on the lost, of justification of the unrighteous, what do we praise but the wondrous works of God? Thou praisest him because the dead have risen. Praise him yet more because the lost are redeemed. What grace, what mercy of God! Thou seest a man yesterday a whirlpool of drunkenness, today an ornament of sobriety, a man yesterday the sink of luxury, today the beauty of temperance, yesterday a blasphemer of God, today his praiser, yesterday the slave of the creature, today the worshipper of the Creator. From all these desperate states men are thus converted. Let them not look to their own merits. Let them become the heavens and praise the wondrous works of him by whom they were made heavens. For I will consider, he saith, thy heavens, even the works of thy fingers. O Lord, the very heavens shall praise thy wondrous works. And that you may understand who the heavens are, let us see what follows, and thy truth in the congregation of the saints. There can therefore be no doubt that by the heavens are meant the preachers of the word of truth, and where will the heavens praise thy wondrous works and thy truth? In the congregation of the saints. May the church receive the dew of the heavens. May the heavens rain upon the parched soil, and may the earth, as it receives the rain, give birth to fruitful blossoms, good works, May it not give thorns for genial rain, and thus expect the fire instead of the barn. The very heavens shall praise thy wondrous works, O Lord, and thy truth in the congregation of the saints. All that the heavens proclaim is of thee, and from thee, and therefore they preach fearlessly. For they know whom they preach of, since they cannot blush for him of whom they preach. What do the heavens preach? What shall they praise in the congregations of the saints? Verse 6. For who is he among the clouds who shall be compared unto thee, Lord? Is this to be the praise of the heavens? Is this to be their reign? What? Are the preachers confident? Because none among the clouds shall be compared unto the Lord. Does it appear to you, brethren, a high ground of praise, that the clouds cannot be compared with their Creator? If it is taken in its literal, not in its mystical meaning, it is not so. What? Are the stars that are above the clouds to be compared with the Lord? What? Can the sun, moon, angels, heavens be even compared with the Lord? Why is it then that he says, as if he meant some high praise, 
for who is he among the clouds that shall be compared unto the Lord? We understand, my brethren, those clouds, as the heavens, to be the preachers of truth, prophets, apostles, the announcers of the word of God, for that all these kinds of preachers are called clouds we learn from that prophecy, where God in his anger against his vineyard said, I will command the clouds that they rain no shower upon it. And the meaning of this vine, the prophet explains most clearly in the following verse, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, that you may not understand the vineyard otherwise in missing the men who are signified by it, think of the earth. The vineyard of the Lord of hosts, he says, is the house of Israel. Let the house of Israel understand that she and no other is my vineyard, that it is she who has given me thorns instead of grapes, she who has become ungrateful to her planter and cultivator, ungrateful to him that watered her. If then the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, what said he in his anger? I will command the clouds that they rain no more upon it. And so indeed he did. The apostles were sent like clouds to rain upon the Jews, and when they rejected the word of God, because they yielded thorns for grapes, the apostles said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing he put it from you, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. From that time the clouds ceased to pour rain upon that vineyard. If, therefore, the clouds are the preachers of the truth, let us first inquire why they are clouds. For some men are heavens and clouds, heavens from the brightness of the truth, clouds from the hidden things of the flesh. For all clouds are obscure, owing to their mortality, and they come and go. It is on account of these very obscurities of the flesh, that is, of the clouds, that the apostle saith, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will bring light to the hidden things of darkness. You see at this moment what a man is saying, but what he has in his heart you cannot see. What is forced from the cloud you see, what is kept within the cloud you see not. For whose eyes pierce the cloud? The clouds, therefore, are the preachers of the truth in the flesh. The Creator of all things Himself came in the flesh. But who is He among the clouds, who shall be compared unto the Lord? And what is He among the sons of God, that shall be like unto the Lord? No one, then, among the sons of God shall be like unto the Lord. He Himself is called the Son of God, and we are called the sons of God. But who among the sons of God will be like unto the Lord? He is the only Son, we are many. He is the one, we in him are one. He is born, we are adopted. He is the Son begotten from everlasting according to nature. We are made so in time through grace. He without any sin, we freed from sin by him. Who then among the clouds shall be compared unto the Lord? Or what is he among the sons of God that shall be like unto the Lord? We are called clouds on account of the flesh, and we are preachers of the truth on account of the showers of the clouds, but our flesh comes in one way, his by another. 
We too are called sons of God, but he is the son of God in another sense. His cloud comes from a virgin. He is the son from eternity, co-eternal with the Father. Who is he then among the clouds that shall be compared unto the Lord? And what is he among the sons of God that shall be like unto the Lord? Let the Lord himself say whether he can find one like unto himself. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Because I appear, because I am seen, because I walk among you, and perhaps at present I am become common. Say, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Surely when they see a Son of Man, they see a cloud. But say, whom do men say that I am? In answer they gave him the reports of men. Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Many clouds and sons of God are here mentioned, for because they were righteous and holy as the sons of God, Jeremiah, Elias, and John are called also sons of God. In their character of preachers of God, they are styled clouds. Ye have said what clouds men imagine me to be. Do ye too say, Whom say ye that I am? Peter replying in behalf of all, One for those who were one, answered, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. For who is he among the clouds that shall be compared unto the Lord? And what is he among the sons of God that shall be like unto the Lord? Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God, not like those sons of God who are not made equal to thee. Thou hast come in the flesh, but not as the clouds who are not to be compared unto thee. End of Psalm 89, Part 1